0: From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and ageing at work and in society, my mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Today, we're going to be talking around a subject that I have loved and I practice in my life, and that's yoga. And I hope that today we're going to take you on a journey to see how rich yoga is and how much it can bring to our lives as we go through perimenopause and into the postmenopause phase. And I'm delighted today to be joined by yoga teacher, Antonia Balatz, who actually began practicing yoga when she was over fifty, She became a yoga teacher at that stage too. And I'm just delighted that we're going to have this conversation. So welcome to the show, Antonia.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here on your beautiful, helpful, important podcast.
0: Thank you. And I love your story. I mean, you became a yoga teacher much later in life. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to step into this space, which some people do when they're 20,
1: not when we're more (laughs) 50. Yes, it's a funny situation. There's sort of two threads that came together. I was, you know, in in my mid-late 40s, and I felt very stuck, a rat. And I felt like my work doing research of the historical expert witness, was just very samey and samey. And I was also spending a lot of time looking after mum. And I felt like I was just on that treadmill that I think a lot of us are familiar with, taking care of everybody else. And I was sort of stomping about saying, who's taking care of me? And I'm feeling quite a bit resentful. You know, and at the same time, My body was changing and I thought to myself, I really need to do something about this to get my body ticking over. And I tried a few things and and nothing really, really took until I found yoga. And what happened is that I really began to start a conversation with my body with the yoga, you know. And it's kind of interesting because I think that many people do come to to yoga for for their body. Yeah, and I gained strength in my body with a kind of slow, strong poses. It gave me that space. And I began to feel stronger in my body. I began to feel better about what was happening with my body, more connected to it. More like I was a team with my body. And all of this sort of translated into my broader life. And I was able to step back, look at my life in a way that was more grounded, sort of more from the standpoint of the observer. I stopped feeling resentful. But I realized that I'd chosen to take care of mom, and I wanted to. And I thought, well, what can I make to do this, make this easier for myself? I took that space. And, you know, there was another part that I realized that I hadn't sort of cropped on before, I came to terms with mum's decline. Yeah. And it's, it's hard seeing someone you love in decline. But by sort of releasing that and sort of surrendering to what was happening, I was more able to enjoy our time together. And I think that's, that's part of the power of, of yoga It's often, you know, we sort of know there are things that we can do to make our mind, make our life better. But there are so many things we're busy doing and we feel as if we don't have time to do anything else or. It just gets really hard to take back that control over your life to get that distance to be able to look at your life in a way where you can take back some more control and not feel like you know you, you're just at the whims of your life and yoga really helped me do that. I tell you what, not only did I notice it you know in myself, Mom and my husband noticed it too. I was a nicer person. Yes, I think I can relate to that. My husband
0: often says to me when I've done yoga, Oh, now you're all smiley. <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh at that one, you know, but you're so right that, that yoga is about life. It's, it's not about asanas, is it alone? I for people who don't know what asanas are, those are the poses that I think have been become very much part of the new Western. Mode of of what yoga is, and, and our vision of yoga is that it's all these poses with maybe a bit of breathing thrown in, and yet it's such more depth. It's such a metaphor for our life in many ways.
1: It really is. We've, we have in the way separated out the asana, the physical practice, which we tend to think was actually started. To help people be able to sit meditation and be comfortable in meditation for longer, so it's almost like the the physical part was was secondary. And there's a whole whole way of life that you can choose to live if you want with yoga. You know, there there are these other other practices that we you know that we've been been mentioning. You know, the bit of breathing breathwork is amazing, and you know it's. The body is a really important part of a way in. It gives you just this way to step back and be rooted and more, more, have more space and be more grounded. And then I I do think it's, it's a really great place, great place to start. And it's, it's often just a very simple, important mind-body connection. Maybe it's when you're in your downward-facing dog, and you can feel your hands and your feet pressing into the ground, and then you feel your hips lifting up away from your body, and it's a, it's a whole new way of feeling, and you think, oh, that's interesting. So what happens? How will I feel if I experiment and bend one knee and then the other? And you just to create this this curiosity and space and conversation, which then you can bring into the rest of your life. Even as far as something as complicated as profound as the the limbs of yoga, which is a sort of yoga spiritual way to live your life, it 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 runs a whole gamut. Yes, absolutely.
0: And I think you're right. To starting yoga, for many people go, oh my god, it's all about flexibility and standing on your head. And of course, quite often, th- that's not where we start. We start with some very simple poses like downward dog or just standing with two feet together in, in like a tadasana. We can feel our body and we can come into a different relationship with our body, can't we, Antonia?
1: I think that's why I connected to yoga. And I think often in midlife, we get a very difficult relationship with movement. Because in the West, movement is often very competitive, very push, 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 very feel the burn. And particularly in midlife, we want to see if we can make more friends with our bodies and not be at odds with it. And yoga really invites you to do that. Yes, it does. It does, and I think you're right. A
0: lot of us come to that space because we can't do the burn as we get into midlife. All women come back from training sessions and go, "I'm exhausted. I can't do that again." And I do think, as you said, that's where yoga can find a gateway into our life.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, a gateway in, and you know what happens too is once we begin to have a conversation with our body, I'm not so much at odds with it. We begin to feel better about ourselves because so much of what's going on at midlife is these sort of ridiculous messages that we get that that once you're past your use, well, you can't possibly be, be attractive and gorgeous anymore. And it's so easy to buy into this because it's, it's sort of the way our culture is. So what ends up happening is we feel very down on our body. We need to feel good about our body. I quite strongly feel that beauty, a lot of beauty, comes from the inside, how we feel about ourselves. Absolutely. It is
0: totally about an inner journey, and even more so as in many ways our outer journey doesn't, or our outer appearance doesn't necessarily (laughs) match what is seen as beauty in whatever culture we live, but internally we're more beautiful. And, you know, and I I, I think I've told you, Antonia, that I once had the privilege to go to a workshop with Gita Yanga. And for those of you that may know, Yanga Yoga is a form of yoga. And, I, and she was quite an old lady at that time. And she said, Why are you in the West so kind of obsessed with sucking your stomachs in and zipping it out? She said, Let yourself be spread the age you are spread out a little bit and let create a different relationship with your body. And I thought, oh, I feel so glad
1: somebody's let me think that my body could not have to be this thin, zipped-up person. Well, this is it. From that, from a more sort of almost technical point of view, when you inhale, your belly should expand. You know, And often, even if you know we get inhaled down to our belly, we're so used in a, just to not want our belly to poke out that we don't get our full breath, that we don't get that nurturing from our full breath. And there is really no one way to be beautiful. I grew up around a lot of sort of eccentric, arty women, and they seemed effortlessly to flow through different stages of life. And they didn't try to look like they were 20. They dress the way they wanted. They had curiosity and verse, and interest. And that all made them interesting and attractive. And I think that's something that's underestimated too, is when you have you know, a few miles on you, that experience gives you a deeper, more profound attractiveness.
0: That's without doubt. I, I think that- that's something that traditional cultures like India and indigenous cultures and more other Eastern cultures see that there is beauty in our experience, in our lived life that allows us to be seen as, as beautiful and as worthy of listening to, of being Having wisdom, I think, and, and valuing that wisdom, and we in the West we're obsessed with youth and, and a youthful view that is not serving now. The fact that what fifty percent of women in in the US are over fifty, so we're in a very strange imbalance, I would say, between what our society looks like, even in terms of the the age. Um, profile versus the images and the and the culture that is there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, we used to have more of what you're talking about. I sort of like to say back in the day, films or plays would have an ingenue and a leading lady. So, you know, they'd have the, the dewy, innocent, pretty, but maybe a little naive young woman. And then there'd be the leading lady who was the one who was strong, independent, and often had the better part. So I like to think be the leading lady, not the ingenue. Exactly.
0: And I think that's what coming I mean, for women in midlife coming into yoga lets them become,
1: doesn't it? I think yoga is such, can be such an important way in because We get caught up in all this, and it's, it's understandable. This is what we've been taught. These are the messages that we're getting. But yoga, one of the important parts of yoga is it is literally about coming home to yourself, that you are absolutely good and fine as you are, and there's no need to change yourself. And yoga is there to help you. Just just cut through all that noise of who you should be and the expectations of who what you ought to do and just get you to come home to yourself. And I think we have often lost touch with who we are over the years.
0: Oh, I think without a doubt, I think we get somewhere we have been in touch with ourselves, often when we were younger, with less I don't know whether you feel that Tony. you had less burdens. You talked about your mother and carrying all that. And I, as a single mother, you know, was just overrun with all of that and going to work and making that happen. And somewhere I lost me and it took years to realize it and then to be able to
1: actually come home to myself. I think that's, a, you know, that women often feel like, if they do something for themselves or they, they're selfish. If they say no, they're selfish. And so we, we, we t- take on these roles that you're talking about that we have. And the problem is not so much taking, you know, taking on a responsibility is that we then define ourselves by that role. Like you're just, you know, Jane's mom and it doesn't, it might be something that is important at the time, but Often midlife is an absolutely marvelous time because of the kind of changes that happen in your life, you know, not only in your body, but in your life, for you to say, okay, this is, this is a time when I can take stock and maybe do some of those things that I've been pushing aside. What do I want to be? Where do I want to go in midlife? Because there is a lot more, and I'm not surplus to requirements, and it's not all downhill. And there are some fabulous things that I have been putting off because there were more pressing and important things. And and there comes time when I think you really, it is important for you to take time for yourself. And actually, I had a very good example of that. My mother would take time for herself. And, you know, she said to me, I'm going to have, spend a little time looking at this magazine. Uh, yeah, we can go to the park or whatever later. And she'd say, also she'd say, you know, you can, you can come and look at the magazine with me, but I'm going to look at the, look at the magazine. And it certainly wasn't that I didn't get a lot of love and attention. I did, but I think it is important to mirror for your children, for your daughters, that you are allowed to do things for yourself. It's not always selfish.
0: No, no. And and one of those is rolling out your yoga mat and going and
1: standing on that mat and doing those practices. Carving out that time, I know it. it you know, it's hard, but even if it's five minutes and just doing some good breath work with a bit of, of forward folds into downward facing dogs and back into forward fold, you know, it even just that little bit of time helps.
0: Absolutely.
1: Earlier, you alluded
0: to the eight limbs of yoga, many of our listeners may not be as familiar with the entirety of yoga because we're still seeing it as poses and, and as I said, some breathing. Talk a little bit about that wholeness of yoga for the listeners and, and how that really becomes part of helping us to be more in touch with who we are.
1: See, that's what I love about yoga is it really a whole philosophy, and a, a path of how you can live your life. One of the main things we talk about with how to do that and how yoga asks us to do that are these limbs. And what's fascinating is they start out with a thing called the yamas, which are the things you should try to avoid doing, which are things like nonviolence. Don't hurt yourself or other people. And there's several of these. I think there's I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I think there's uh, four, four or five. And then you move into the into the yamas, you know, the things that you should be cultivating in your life. And then you get into asana, the the actual movement. Because if you've got a holistic view of life it involves movement. And then you get into pranayama, into breath work. And then you get a very interesting one called pratalahara, which is draw from your senses so that you don't let things that are going on around you disturb your practice, your life. And those are some of the,
0: the most, those are some of the journeys that some of us have gone some way on, you know. Is living a good life, this starting to practice movement, coming into touch with our body. And then of it, many people will have experienced some pranayama, weren't they, in terms of doing some breathing exercises. And then that sense of withdrawing from overstimulation, I would say, maybe as a way to describe the next stage.
1: Right. And focus, being able to keep your, your, your focus and not get distracted. Yeah. Don't be overstimulated. Don't get distracted. Try and keep that calm, grounded sense. And this is, of course, all leading to the thought that the last three get quite esoteric, in the end, get quite esoteric, but they there and they lead all into meditation and being able to do even more of what you're saying, you know, to not be overstimulated, to, to be able to cut through your noise, point of focus meditation so that you you have a fixed point that you keep coming back to, whether it's your breath, whether it's the idea of a flickering candle, whatever it is. So each working to push away that noise of life and have you in the present with yourself. Yes. And I suppose
0: what I love personally about yoga is that it facilitates that in a way that sometimes is, is easier than asking people to sit down and, and meditate. And I think, I don't know your opinion uh, around the Santana, I'd love to hear, is that a lot of people and a lot of women going through all this midlife where there's so much stuff going on internally and externally, are like, I haven't got time, this is too hard. And I think that's where I see the beauty of yoga, is, is using breath and movement as a way... To then find that stillness
1: and that focus, I'm really glad you brought that up because there is that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, I, I can't meditate. I tried, and it just doesn't work for me. And meditation is hard. Often, it's difficult even for practice meditators. You know, it, it, it's almost designed to be that way. But I absolutely love you know two things. I love bringing together breath and movement in the way you're talking about. For example, in a crescent lunge, inhale your arms up high to the sky, and exhale, sweep your arms down and back, and inhaling high, exhale low, and when we connect our breath to movement, very simply, in that way, with time and space, it's does open up and this is often why one of the things i love doing a really straightforward moving meditation it's one of the things that i really like about kundalini yoga i've just done a whole teacher training on that if you can you do often you do these quite straightforward movements that are repetitive like maybe you have your hands on your shoulders so your fingers are, are facing down your front and you can inhale left, exhale right. You do that for several minutes. And that that repetitive movement that is so simple and straightforward has helped you bring you into that that more meditative, quiet state where you don't suddenly think, ooh, did I leave the did I leave the oven on? I thought I might have let the oven on. Yeah. It that that combination, I think, as you you so so love that you put that out there.
0: And I love that you said that, that sometimes it is these relatively simple but repetitive movements that you do with breath. And for those of you that practice yoga and go to classes where there's asana after asana after asana, that feels to me sometimes very exhausting, like a workout. And it wasn't until I went to work with, with Debbie, who was a great teacher of mine, a much older lady who often sat on a chair and watched you. She didn't practice in front of you, she'd watch and walk around. She would make you do the same asana many, many times and ask you what you were feeling each time that you did it and how you could go deeper and deeper into it. And I was like, wow, sometimes you could feel your whole body kind of starting to open up.
1: Ah, oh, It is, it's that inquiry. And for me, from, from how I go about this and teach, it's that, it's the slower style that I find does this more. Because it does give you that room to acquire, ask yourself exactly, so how does my downward facing dog feel now and today? Okay, now I've just been, you know, doing my practice for a quarter of an hour. Do I sense different things in my downward facing dog? and to go back again, this is part of why I think that yoga is so helpful in midlife. We don't recognize our bodies often. They're, 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 they're getting all strange and different on us. And this helps us get back into an accord, a union with our bodies, feel comfortable again.
0: Yes, even if it's only for the time that you're on the mat doing that initially, we are We're creating a new relationship with our body, and we—I think maybe we're also learning that it has a different, a different power, a different energy than it had when we were pre-midlife.
1: You know that—that's—that's interesting. I was reading this book a while back. It goes—I can't remember, remember the title—who wrote it? But it was specifically that, that this woman, her experience coming back to yoga. In her in her fifties, and the, and the the, the difference. So she, and that's that's what she said. You know, I couldn't you know do the same sort of more crazy poses that I did before. But what I found was that I I had more strength and patience that gave me a deeper feeling and understanding in my practice.
0: Yeah, I think that you're right, and I love that you teach in a way, Antonia, that is this slow and deliberate, because that, in many ways that's exactly what we need when our hormones are going everywhere and creating craziness, our minds are running, we've got a million things we think we should, must, and ought to do. And that time on the mat, even if it is, as you say, a short period, is a time when we slow down, we're focused, we're deliberate, and we can feel our body. And if you're listening to this, I would say, you know, doing the same poses or, you know, watching, learning from Antonia here, the same very simple pose done two or three times. And as you say, each time in choir can make you suddenly think, gosh, I don't know whether I've created a bit more space or between my kind of crunched up shoulders and my, and my ribs and my waist. And I feel sometimes taller and leaner and different than when I started, you know, five minutes ago or an hour ago. And I think that makes us realize how amazing our body is and how powerful we
1: are. You know, both those things really happened to me and it is why I teach the way you do. I found that I, as began to get some mileage on my yoga practice, I Felt stronger in my body, more confident in my body. And I just, I held myself differently. I walked differently. One of the jokes I like to say is I sort of got a Saturday night fever strut going on, you know.
0: I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's also what gave me the space to see that I could take back charge of my life. I didn't necessarily mean I had to turn it upside down, you know i I knew that I'd made this choice to look after mine, so why was I feeling resentful about it? and I realized that there were things I could do to make that simpler and to feel more empowered in these choices and not feel like they were burdens yes and
0: i love that that sort of starts to link to how we feel about our life, as you said, and even that yoga can be a gateway for us to find what our purpose is in life. As it did for you, you became a yoga teacher.
1: Um, actually, it's, it's funny. I'm going to be doing a, a series of lives on a, another aspect of what you could call yoga paths. This is older. This is actually from the ancient Vedas, which is very, very early text. And it has these sort of four paths, you know, to live your life. And they're all interconnected and part of the power in them. It's almost like the chakras. People are more used to the chakras, you know, that they all work together. And there's, there's moksha. Well, let's start with karma. Karma is your desires and desires are neutral. It's, it's how you think about them, what you do with them and you approach them. So, and it's really interesting that your desires is, is one of these parts of these parts. And then you get moksha, which Is your eternal liberation, which is which we all know is important, and we don't often feel like we have. And then you get artha, which is it's wealth, it's prosperity, and it can mean that in any way you want. It doesn't have to be dollars and cents. And what makes you personally feel successful? What is your relationship with prosperity and success? Yeah, does it feel off kilter? And then there's dharma your life purpose and ultimately i think that is what is can be really difficult for women in midlife because they feel unanchored you know these messages are saying they don't have a purpose that there's no place for you really and yoga can help you find your course in life again and i do think that how that the journey you're on and where you are going to that that's a really important combination
0: Yes, and I love that you draw on those ancient ways of being and the the work that the texts, everything that's been there since, gosh, thousands of years, that these are interconnected, as opposed to just searching for the purpose. It's also karma, moksha, and atta that are part of that whole journey with finding dharma.
1: And this is part of what I think makes yoga so relevant too. You know, it's just. It's ancient, ancient, ancient. And there's a reason it's been kept going. And, you know, my background is originally in history. So, yeah, I find it fascinating digging into all this and and its wealth of richness and knowledge and tried and tested things that you can take from and are still relevant today. And for the sort of reasons you're saying, like, gosh, look at that. They've picked these four different things. Now, why these four? and, And how do they work together? And why do I care? And why do I particularly care in midlife? And you come to realize that actually they can really help me get out of my funk. Yeah, definitely.
0: They can help us to see a path through to, I don't know how you describe it, Antony. Maybe a kind of, it is maybe an inner peace, I would describe it. A sense of, I know where I'm going. I actually know what my dharma is. How, what, well, however that looks in the world, because that's nobody else's business except our own, really, but how that looks in, for us and how we can live that way going forward.
1: Yes. I think to bring in something totally different, the chap that identified the blue zones, those areas in the world where these, where there were an amazing number of people who lived to be very elderly, centurions, and they had good quality of life. And he went and he thought, okay, well, what patterns can I see here? It's helping these people, you know, what, what, is there something going on in their patterns? And one of the ones that he identified is reason for being. Everybody needs a reason for being. It doesn't necessarily have to be to change the world, of course, you know, although that's a lovely thing to find your way to change the world. It can be gardening. It can be that you just love getting your hands in the dirt, you know. To, to have, I think, too that often we feel we need to have these lofty purposes and important roles In life, but these smaller things can be so enriching and can be part of bigger things too. Yes.
0: And I think that they can often be very, as you said, small, close, local, even personal, but they're your purpose. And we're often through those, those things called to serve in some way, even though we're not maybe changing the world and feeling that pressure. In fact, we're letting go of that pressure and allowing our purpose to be there and to unfold.
1: Yeah, and it's and that can also be partly why you know midlife is difficult because we often can feel like our purpose, because you know th- that we've been following, you know, raising children. You know, they they go off and you become an empty nester, and that that was that was a a big purpose for you. And then you get added onto that the messages that well. You're sort of, you know, on the rubbish tip. You're over the hill. What could you have to offer? <laughs> you've had your purpose taken away, and then you're told there's no further purpose for you. I mean, they're getting a bit of a tizzy.
0: Exactly. And there and there is yoga for you if you feel in that stage where you've lost, you've lost, you've changed physically, your children have grown up, and you're wondering, oh, so I'm I'm not wanted anymore then yoga is there for you, isn't it, as a way to help you begin to walk a different path.
1: Yes. And that is such the beauty of yoga. It helps you get back in your stride, both literally and metaphorically.
0: Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yes, it is. It's, it is literal because you are, you are through the moving and through the doing of yoga, you're actually back in your stride. But yes, metaphorically, the path that you walk through with the eight limbs and even more deeply, more ancient practices, you're, you're coming metaphorically into a different space, into a new stride. Antonia. How would you recommend someone who was interested in getting into yoga or back into yoga in midlife? Where would you recommend they started?
1: You know, I think it's always been difficult to find a welcoming studio as studios are opening up. It's one of the reasons I moved online myself. And I think that the most important thing is to find the, the venue where you feel comfortable. So yeah, finding the venue where you feel comfortable, which, you know, I would like to say could be me, but I mean, that's the beauty of this sort of thing too, is people connect to different, to a different person or even a different type of work. Like some people are drawn to yoga, but not everybody. Maybe it's, it's more Pilates or even more energetic work like Reiki. But I think what is important is to know there's a way out of the doldrums and to seek it, to look for it till you find it. And of course, I'd love you to see if that home is experimenting with yoga and experimenting yoga with me, but it could be something else altogether.
0: I agree. I think I think that is the message is to experiment till something clicks for you. And, and you're right. It's finding if connection, I think. It's finding... The right if you go to a studio, that's finding a studio. It can be finding the right teacher, the right environment. And I think you have to you have to play about and you have to be open and maybe I would say, Antonio, give it some time as well. I'm not saying, well go here, it didn't work and then go. But maybe if something feels intuitively good, give it a bit of a, a bit of a time to come into your life.
1: Yes, that's a very important point. I mean I do it's a, it's a great combination, you know, somewhere you're comfortable and they give it this, the space to see how it might settle after a while.
0: Yes. Antonia, having shared that, how can people get in touch with you and take part in the work that you do?
1: My website is a good place to get in touch with me. You can always email me from there. My website's newlandscapeyoga.com and If you're interested in seeing, you know, a bit of how I work, and within the next month, I will be doing this this live stream series on those four paths that we talk about. Uh, That'll be my in my Facebook group. So, I would I would love anybody who's been drawn to what I'm doing to give me a buzz. I love connecting to people, and. You know hearing hearing what's going on and having a good chat. That's wonderful. Antonia. We will include your
0: website and link to your Facebook in my show notes for the listeners so that they can follow up with you. Antonia, thank you so much for coming and sharing a deep passion for something that has made such a difference in your life and and certainly in mine, and that is yoga. Thank you. Well,
1: thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone, and asking questions, why do I feel this way? Thriving Through Menopause is all about a community and our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions, and stories matter to me. And I would love to hear from you. So drop me an email, clarissa at clarissachristiansen.com. I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast. And if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support, pop over to my website, clarissachristiansen.com. You can find free resources and you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening.